Welcome to Random Gaming Talk, it's Entertainment Talks podcast for video games. I'm your host Matthew, joining me today, my co-host is Robert. How are you today? I'm doing good, how are you doing today? Doing good, yep, doing alright. So Ghost of Tsushima is out, Uh, I did get it fairly late, I'll talk about that in a minute, it's not quite relevant but uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later and um, we've both been playing it it's quite a rare occasion that we actually do play the same game but i suppose that's a good thing because then our audience gets to hear about different game experiences uh but what do you think obviously spoiler free uh of ghost of, ghost of tsushima so far i absolutely love it i was kind of on the fence about getting it um and i went to the store to get a year of game pass uh, of xbox live gold and the store no longer sold them. I actually had the physical card in my hand, but when I scanned it at uh, the register, it just said set aside, and I had to get a manager to confirm to me that they're, those are starting to get pulled from the uh, store. So if you're an Xbox player and you want to re-up your live, try to find a store that might be selling it because uh, it's, it's starting to get pulled. Okay. Um, so instead of getting that, I just wound up getting a, a, a game card for the PlayStation Network because from for a, a long story, which if anybody wants to know, I'll tell on a later podcast, I don't put my credit card on anything anymore. I just do gift cards. So I grabbed a PlayStation gift card and bought and downloaded uh, Ghost of Tsushima, and I absolutely love it. Probably the weirdest thing about the game is it triggered an old memory of mine and this isn't spoiler this is literally in the opening intro Uh, so the game opens up it's very beautiful very cinematic and you see a bunch of samurai going onto the beach uh, to confront the mongolian hordes as they come in and this one samurai goes up and says i am so and so son of so and so send me your best warrior and the leader of the mongolian horde just nonchalantly kills him just chucks a thing of wine on him and sets him on fire And the weird thing about that is that back in the long-ago days, quite literally before you were born, Matt, when I was in university, (laughs) I took a Japanese history course because I needed to fill an elective, and I was always a little curious. And I heard that exact same story from when the Mongols tried to invade Japan. It was literally the first time the Mongols showed up, the samurai comes up, says I am, and gives his whole long family name and just gets unceremoniously and killed right there on the beach. Mm-hmm. And that kind of set the tone for that invasion. And so it was really, really weird to have that memory kick off and remind me of 1993, I think is when I took that class. Um, something from that far ago get remembered and rediscovered in my brain from a video game in 2020. So, cool. But yeah, it, it's a beautiful game. I got used to the control scheme. It's very non-clunky. It's very, very streamlined. Um so once I got used to the control scheme and got used to not just mash the X button, and I'm sorry, they say it's a cross, I'm just going to call it an X. It's an X. Because it's not, yeah, it's an X. Yeah. Uh, once I got out of the habit cross. of not mashing that and getting used to like the different uh, combat stances, the combat went much smoother. Uh, it's a lot of storytelling. It's very, very cinematic, and it's, it's one of my must-plays on the play- PS4. It's definitely up there. Might be the first game I ever platinum depending on what the other the other trophies are. Cool, cool. Uh, so I got my game a few days late. Now, before anybody says, oh, it's because of Boomerang, he's on this rental thing and it's crap. No. 
Um, I was sent the game on Thursday, which is usually the day they send it, because most games come out on Friday, some come out on Tuesdays, whatever. Ghost of Tsushima was due out on Friday, 17th July. I got an email on Thursday morning saying your game has been shipped, and they've always told me, they've said, um, uh, at Boomerang, as soon as we send the game, it's in Royal Mail's hand, and there's nothing that we can do, because it, that's the ship, shipping company that they use, and they don't have any control over Royal Mail. So it's not Boomerang's fault that I got the game late, it's Royal Mail's fault. Uh, so I got the game yesterday. Uh, I was doing a couple of podcasts uh, yesterday as well, so I didn't quite have time to play it yesterday. I did play it today. Um... I I like the game. I think it's got some good ideas. I got to be honest, though, I I hate the um uh waypoint system, the whole wind thing. And then the the idea that you're on your horse and you're moving the camera with your right stick and then moving, you know, the, your character on the horse with the left stick and then you have to take one of your thumbs off, assuming that you you're using, you know, your thumbs to use the track the uh touchpad and swipe up on it. I really don't understand why why that's one of the mechanics that that was the first mechanic that like annoyed me because I thought okay I, I remember when we saw the gameplay for it the the state of play that they did and they talked about like it won't have a waypoint system you'll have to like follow the wind and stuff um I I don't like how they've they've pulled that off that's that's the thing I most dislike about the game um I'm slowly getting used to it and I kind of thought like can I switch the swipe up on the trackpad to like a different button uh, you can't do that, so I'm gonna have to just kind of get used to that, I suppose. Uh, I I do quite like the combat. It takes a little bit to get used to, I think. Um, I was sort of mistiming my parries, which is something that annoys me in games. Uh, but I, st- I guess it's just a um, uh, a thing of practicing in that. I really like the um, stab mechanic as well. There's a lot of times in games where sorry, my phone just went off. Uh, there's a lot of times in games where um, What's it? When you you you're you're given like one button to hit an enemy, and then you're given another button for a heavy attack, uh, and that sort of thing. And I do like how because it's a light attack with square, heavy attack with triangle, and then if you press and hold uh, triangle, you actually do a stab, and it is actually a lot more effective than what I thought it'd be. So in terms of small gameplay kind of innovations, I really do like that mechanic. Uh, I think the characters are kind of interesting. I do like Jin, the the main character. I think he's kind of cool. Uh, I like what they do with some of the flashback stuff and him learning lessons and learning about the code. So the it's it's more so the characters that are interesting more than, more so than the story. Um, but uh, one one other kind of gripe that I've got is because I've said before about like let's not focus too much on graphics um, and like obviously you know improve them as generations go on but that doesn't need to be the focus for games at the moment <clears throat> in the in the days after the game got released I was seeing screenshot after screenshot after screenshot on Twitter and everyone kind of saying like look how good this looks look how good this looks look how good this looks and I wasn't hearing anyone talk about like look how cool this gameplay is look at how cool this character is and the story is really good all I was hearing for days, and even before the game came out, was like, look how good this looks. It looks amazing. It looks incredible. And I just, I, I don't care about that. Um, I've I've expressed that before, obviously. But um, at least with certain mechanics, like the stab mechanic um, and that sort of thing, they've, they've done a good job with that. Because there was one situation, uh, I was fighting a bunch of enemies or whatever, and there was a little bit of a distance from one of the enemies. And I thought, like, okay, because I'm going to use the stab button and I'm able to reach over can I kind of like catch him out and I was able to do that and I thought that was quite good plus it's well at least for the enemies I'm facing at the moment I'm guessing it will change it's a one hit kill but then you have to time it right because if you're if you're too close to somebody and you're parrying them or whatever you can't always just 
stab everyone to death. You do have to parry and do other stuff. So, uh, what do you think of the mechanics? I like the mechanics a lot. Um, and here's an early tip, non-spoiler early tip. Um, when you kill Mongol leaders, you'll get points towards additional stances. And the stances have different effects based off of the weaponry of the enemy. Um, so the swordsman stance is the first one that you'll learn. And then second, you'll learn a stance that's good against uh, people with shields. And then third, you'll learn a stance which is good against people with spears. And then the fourth one I haven't quite unlocked yet. It's really easy to switch between the stances. You just have to do uh, right trigger and then one of the buttons on the pad will auto-switch you to a stance. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's good to get into the habit of bouncing between the stances to base, based off of what enemy you're fighting against. Um, and it's also really important to get to the whirlwind stance to fight the spear guys, because those guys suck. I hate them. Um, yeah. They are a pain in the ass until you can get to that whirlwind stance. And that's also important to be in the right stance, too, because then your heavy attack does more stagger damage, and you're actually able to break their stance and then go in for the slashy slash. Um, So that's something that once I got that figured out, the combat became a lot easier. Um, I actually do like the wind. I I agree with you that it's kind of immersion-breaking to take your hand off of the controller to do the swipe-up thing, but I would much rather have that than just dot arrows leading me the way because that way it's much more immersive in the game and that's what they're going for uh you wouldn't put a kurosawa mode into a game if you weren't going for the full immersion Mm -hmm. um i'm just off topic real quick have you ever seen an akira kurosawa movie not that i can think of i might have but i don't think so he did a lot of uh samurai movies back in the 50s he built a full castle to do a Japanese version of King Lear. Um, The one, if you can find it, I don't know if it's that easy to find. I doubt it's on any streaming service. It's called The Hidden Fortress, uh, 1956. If you want to see where George Lucas stole all the ideas for the Star Wars trilogy, watch that movie. Cool. It it is literally that movie in space, Mm -hmm. is the whole Star Wars trilogy, is The Hidden Fortress, 1956. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I agree with you that taking your hand off the controller to do the swipe up is annoying, but I like it. I like the aesthetic of it. I like the, the cinematography of it. So, hmm. See, in, in the waypoint stuff, I'm on completely the other side. I'd, I would be perfectly happy with having a, a dot somewhere or a track or, or something like that. I, I, I just hate the whole wind swipe up on the uh, trackpad thing i i don't think it's very good and i and, and you know being honest i i you know had concerns from the minute we first heard about that and i was like how's that gonna work and it just yeah i don't really like that I'll, i will probably get used to it but the first couple of times i used it and i'm like oh i have to take like one of my thumbs off and it's because i'm not going to reach around to the the trackpad with like a finger and then still have my thumbs on the analog six i'm just i'm not going to do that um but um it's yeah that that's what I, I kind of least like about the game so um one one other thing i didn't like that much but didn't dislike it as much as the waypoint thing you know when you first do like your scouting kind of thing and there's mm-hmm. two kind of half circles come up and because uh, this woman said to you like oh you, you got to seek out what's at the camp and stuff i was like what the hell is what the hell are these circles and i was like i was actually trying to like match them up and stuff i was like no that's obviously not what i got to do and then uh but but for 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 that one 
like as soon as I worked out what you had to do, which is you know follow the kind of circle or whatever, whatever I, was, I was I was perfectly fine with it. But uh, it's just the first time that came up, I was like, what the hell do I do here? <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, yeah, I was familiar with that because they do something similar in uh, Dragon Age Inquisition. Okay. There's this one weird semi, uh, um, not gameplay, but just kind of like a focus feature to where you'll find a skull randomly, and if you look through the skull, different areas of the of your field of view will highlight and then you kind of kind of focus in on them and then select it and it marks things for collectibles on the map so i was a little used to that so it, it didn't throw me that much but yeah i agree with you it's a little weird mm. these days like half circles just pop up on the screen i'm like okay what, what do i do with this <laughs> uh but yeah um any other thoughts on the game because uh, you, you uh, just just for reference i'm about three hours or so in and you said you're 20 I don't know. I have no idea how to check hours on it, but if I looked it up and saw 20, I wouldn't be too shocked. I've played it a couple, three hours a day since I got it on uh, Friday. Mm-hmm. So, but it's one of those things that, you know, when, when I use my PS4 too long, the, the fans kick on and it sounds like a jet engine taking off, so I just turn it off. But I'm into Act 2, so cool. yeah, I've got some good time into it. Cool. Nice. Uh, I'm sure we'll give some more impressions next week uh, i'm planning to put a bit more time into it uh, tomorrow and over the weekend as well i know there's like football on sunday and then there's uh comic con at home uh, t- i don't know if that's tomorrow or the weekend but it's certainly soon as well so there's some other bits and pieces happening but uh, i'll be able to put a good chunk of time in tomorrow hopefully as well so uh that is ghost of tsushima and of course for our audience if you're playing ghost of tsushima um and uh, you have any thoughts, feelings, questions, comments, uh, either about that or any video games or anything related to Entertainment Talk, uh, you can email in matthew at entertainmenttalk.org, Twitter eTalkUK, there's a contact page and information in your show notes. Um, what was the other? Uh, I've still been playing a little bit Last of Us 2 because while, you know, as each day passed and the, the mail, uh, Royal Mail didn't give me my game, uh, I've still been chipping away at Last of Us Part 2, my new game plus. I'm still just finding areas I didn't even find before when you're in these. I call them semi-open world little areas. They're sort of linear areas that are more open than than usual. Um, I remember in one of the... I think it was one of the gameplay trailers or one of the gameplay things for for Last of Us 2 early on. Uh, There's this section where you kind of go down into this little basement and you fight a bloater. And uh, I don't remember even coming across that in my first uh, playthrough. But with this one, because I'm I'm trying to look for like everything, like all the cards and uh, all, all the other stuff as well, um, and of course all the ammo and bits and pieces. Because I also need to get my uh, the supplements and get my guns upgraded. Because I need to fill all of that out. So I'm I'm looking around a lot more. Uh, and I found the uh, the bloater thing from before. Because I, I went down into the area and I was like, wait a minute, this looks a bit familiar. I didn't find this the first time, but I kind of recognised it from... It was either from one of the trailers or a gameplay video that they'd shown off before. Uh, so I went and did that. Um, I did actually get myself stuck because... Not like stuck in the wall or something. Um, basically there was too many enemies at one point and I actually had like nothing at all on me i had no bottles no med kits no um resources to craft anything so i had to reload a save back uh, a little bit um it's not too far away from where i was so i'm gonna continue from there at some point but those are the two games i'm playing at the moment um and obviously a bit of call of duty here and there nothing too new to say about that uh season five update's supposed to be next month so in the next i don't know th- two to three weeks or so whenever that's going to come out i'm sure i'll talk about that uh, but yeah, Ghost of Tsushima and Last of Us 2 at the moment still. So, I mean, with Last of Us Part 2, because I have bought it and actually own it, I can take as long as I want to to platinum that game. So, because uh, with Ghost, it's more like I'm renting it and, and stuff like that. So, 
uh, that is that. Uh, we do have some big stuff to get into in the news, but first of all, let's go to some uh, housekeeping. We'll see you for that in a minute. Hey guys, what's up? This is Donnie, and I host the Adulting with Donnie podcast. And this is not the show to listen to if you're trying to be a better adult. I started this podcast as a way to offload some thoughts uh, that I have throughout the week. My topics vary widely every week. Movies I've seen, guns and gun control, sex, people that are stupid, why I don't care about celebrity opinions, TV shows, snowmobiling. The list goes on and on. I'm always taking topic suggestions from fans of the show too. So join me each week on Adulting with Donnie as I pour some bourbon and allow you to see the inner workings of the mind of a madman. Live free and rant hard. I'm Christy. And I'm Jackie. And we are Killer Fun. We explore the intersection of crime and entertainment every other week. For as long as people have been communicating, they have been talking about who did what to whom, and is that socially acceptable? Because the boundaries of society, crime, and entertainment have always gone hand in hand. The more salacious, the weird, the better. From books and movies, to television shows and games, we look at how life and art imitate and inform one another. And we can't get together and not laugh. So let's face it there's going to be laughing. <laughs> Killer Fun is available anywhere you listen to podcasts. So join us. Today's sponsor is Kualu. If you'd like to get started with a domain name and a website today, just click on the link in the show notes and that will take you over to Kualu to get started. They also have a live support chat system that you can use, which is in the bottom right hand corner. So get started with a new website and domain name today with Kualu. Hey everybody, if you would like to get the ad-free versions of all of our podcasts and support entertainment talk along the way, all you need to do is head over to patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk, sign up either as a creator or as a Patreon, there's no difference there. That's just the option for either becoming a creator now or just staying as a patron for the moment. And then all you need to do is support us at the $1 level tier. That will get you access to all of the ad-free podcasts that we've done in the past and get you access to all the ad-free podcasts in that month as well. So it's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also become a patron at the $3 level tier that gets you access to ad-free podcasts and allows you to redeem a review of a TV show or a film of entirely your choice. That's one per month for either a TV show or a film review which is at the $3 level tier. As always, thank you very much for listening. Back to the show. Alright, recently on Entertainment Talk, as I said I did some podcasts yesterday, uh, some scheduled and some recorded. Uh, so two of them were uh, season reviews or mini-series reviews. Uh, both I gave a don't skip rating to. One of them is called Stateless. It's a mini-limited li- series based on things like border control and refugees and asylum seekers and that sort of stuff. Uh, based in Australia uh, and it stars Yvonne Strahovski. If you want to watch it, it's available as a Netflix original so you can go and have a look out for that. That's a limited mini-series, like I said. There's either six or eight episodes. Uh, I can't quite remember off the top of my head, but uh, I would definitely recommend that you go and watch that. I've given that a don't skip rating. The other one is for Cursed Season 1. This is the new show with Catherine, Lang- Catherine Langford, who was the main star of uh, 13 Reasons Why. She played Hannah Baker in that show. She is got she has got her own uh, female-led medieval-type show, if you will, uh, on Netflix. That's the first season of Cursed. Both of those reviews, by the way, are spoiler-free. 
So if you have seen it, haven't seen it, have only seen certain episodes or whatever, uh, you can still listen to those two reviews without any worries. Uh, on Sunday, Manchester United drew to West Ham at home 1-1, uh, starting to not play so well in the last couple of games. We've got the final game of the season on Sunday against Leicester. Everybody plays their last game on Sunday at 4 o'clock, because that's usually how it goes on the last day of the season. Uh, we need to beat Leicester on Sunday to try and get Champions League football next season, and we will see how that goes. Uh, Classic Reviews is still continuing this week. Uh, Season 4, Episode 7 for The Cable Guy, which is one of Jim Carrey's lesser known and definitely most underrated films, uh, which I quite enjoyed as well, so you can listen to that if you've seen The Cable Guy. Uh, scroll down a little bit here. Dumb and, uh, Dumb and Dumber for last week. Uh, Jim, the Jim Carrey season, uh, season four, episode six. That was last week's episode for Dumb and Dumber, which is probably one of Jim Carrey's most known roles. TV talk last week. Me and Robert did one of those episodes. Uh, we did what we call a pilot watch type episode, which we haven't done for a couple of years actually. Um, Robert gave me The King's Avatar to watch, and I gave him Unbelievable to watch. At least in the UK and the US, they're both available on Netflix. Unbelievable is a Netflix original. I don't think. The King's Avatar is, but they're both available in the UK and the US on Netflix. Last week on Gaming Talk, we talked about Ubisoft's forward events. Um, We talked about Flight Simulator, which we'll be talking about again today, and uh, the Crash Bandicoot mobile game. And that's pretty much everything on entertainmenttalk.org and on podcast platforms. Let's get into some news. Okay, so today we did have, uh, which is uh, one of the reasons we have delayed the podcast today to, to today instead of yesterday, we had the Xbox Games Showcase, I believe that was the exact name it was called. Um, you've got a recap there with you, Robert, but uh, what did you think of the event itself? I liked it. They uh, had hinted earlier on Twitter from both uh, uh, Larry Herb and uh, uh, Phil Spencer that it was going to be all about games, and that's what we got. We got a ton of games. Um, we got a lot of Halo Infinite that's looking like it's going to be somewhat of an open-world game. Uh, we got a little teaser announcement for State of Decay 3, which the fans of this podcast know that is one of my favorite games, and I'm stoked that we're going to get a, another game of that. Probably the most interesting from that little teaser was Zombie Animals. And i got to admit, that's the one thing I've never understood about any zombie game or show that I've ever seen is that it's always just the humans. There's yeah. never an animal. Uh, we got the announcement for Forza Motorsports, which not really shocked at. I've said several times that when you're launching new hardware, racing games is one of the easiest ways to just really show um, what's going on with that. Uh, we got some story-based games, uh, Everwild and Tell Me Why. Both kind of look interesting. Uh, we got an uh, announcement that there's going to be an uprising for Ori and the Will of the Wisp. Uh, we got our first uh, announcement for Outer Worlds DLC. Uh, we got a little bit more from Grounded, which I can't wait for. That should be coming out next week. Uh, we got uh, an RPG from Obsidian called Avowed, which looks like it's in the style of, or maybe even the world of Pillars of Eternity, which is cool. Uh, we got another story uh, game called uh, As Dusk Falls. 
that one looked really, really cool. Uh, we got a lot of uh, gameplay from Psychonauts 2, which is a really old game. That was an original Xbox exclusive. Mm-hmm. So that tells you how old that game is. And we got to see some behind-the-scenes footage of uh, Jack Black singing as one of the characters. <laughs> uh, we got the big announcement that Destiny 2 and all its DLC will be part of Game Pass. Uh, we got the announcement for Stalker, which was a PC game back in the late 90s. So that's how long, uh, again, they're bringing that back for some reason. Uh, we got a little uh, teaser for another Warhammer 40K game. They announced that Tetris Effect, which originally was a PS4 exclusive, which I own and is very good, but very overpriced at $40 retail. Not worth it. I got it on a sale half off, and I still think it's too much money for the game, but it is a good game. Uh, so it looks like they're doing an updated version of that uh, as a multiplayer, because so, it says Tetris Effect Connected, and they showed multiple people playing at the same time. I uh, got some weird game called The Gunk. I'm not quite sure about that. Uh, we got a dual reality game called The Medium. That looks pretty good. Um, and completely out of nowhere, we got Fantasy Star Online 2 as an announcement, which that's didn't think that would ever come. Uh, we got uh, a game called Crossfire. Don't know much about that. They did a little teaser for Fable, which we talked about a couple, three weeks ago, about how they've been denying that Fable's getting a new game, but it looks like it's getting a reboot, so we were lied to on that, and it, I do apologize. Yep, yeah, sometimes when you... I mean, I think it was good that they lied about that, because then that meant it kind of threw... I mean, some people might have su- still suspected it, but I think it was good at the time for them to say, like, no, no, we're not doing that, instead of instead of them saying, like, yeah, we'll d- we're doing it, and you'll see it at the showcase, because it was meant to be their... It was their last big thing. Uh, so I'm, I'm for once glad that I was lied to by a video game company. So... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. that's all the games they talked about. Uh, like I said before, I'm a big fan of State of Decay, so we don't have any date on it. Um, but I gotta imagine within the next year. I mean, the State of Decay 2 came out, what, a year and a half ago? So it's about in the pipeline for a year. Um, all the story games, I'm definitely going to keep an eye on. I don't know if I'll buy or not. Um, like I said, Grounded comes out next week. Can't wait to get that and play that. Um, And I am happy that uh, Psychonauts is getting a sequel because that was one of the more unique games that I've ever played. And a lot of people are big fans of it. So did you ever play it? Uh, I do have it on my Xbox. I've gradually been playing through it. Uh, Of course, that's got a friend of the show, Nikki Rapp, on it. Uh, She does a voice of character called Lily in the game. Um, And she's been tweeting about uh, Psychonauts tonight and being uh, very, very happy about that. So we're really happy for her that the game that she's been working on for I don't know how long um, is uh, still in development and uh, is getting support on Xbox and that. So that's really, really, really good. Uh, For those of you that don't know, I did do a podcast with Nikki rap um last year in march because i met her at uh, walker stalker because she uh, does voice another character named lily uh, from telltale's walking dead and it was a walking dead convention and she was there so i met her there um i also did do i did do a podcast on the uh, convention itself so we did two different podcasts you can go and have a look at both of those but uh no she's a really really great person i'm really happy for her with this game um i and like i said i'm, I'm gradually playing through uh psychonauts as well so uh, yeah happy to see her uh, her game get another trailer which is pretty cool so um 
yeah, in terms of for me, uh, I'm just going to scroll down the the videos that they got here on their YouTube channel. Uh, Avowal, that's the that's the Obsidian um, fantasy style looking kind of game. Uh, I thought that looked quite good actually. It's all, it's interesting with Obsidian because I'm going to use one of the comments that uh, Jim Sterling made. If you want to support Jim Sterling, he's on YouTube. He does a bunch of stuff. I'm sure most people know about him, and he kind of made the comment a while ago after. Um, uh, what was it? Outer Worlds. After Outer Worlds came out. And he was kind of like. Okay we don't really need Bethesda anymore. Because we already have a company that's working for someone else. Uh, Xbox and Microsoft. Who can do the same games but better. And as soon as I saw this trailer. And you kind of get that medieval sort of sense from it. I was like could this be. Let, let, let's let's just say. Uh, like, I'm not going to try and push Bethesda too far down or whatever. But let's say Elder Scroll 6 isn't good. Right. And then Avowed comes out, and it's the same kind of fantasy genre and that, and it's a, and it's a better game. Uh, Obsidian would have done that twice because they've done the uh, you know Outer Worlds, which was a Fallout s kind of game, which was better than seventy six, miles better than seventy six. And if they do that again with Avowed, which is kind of this fantasy medieval looking type of game. And if that's better than Elder Scrolls 6, they would have done it again. So I kind of agree with one of Jim's uh, old comments about, like... I mean, we will still get Bethesda games. I'm not saying Bethesda's going away or whatever. But, like, it's sort of like Obsidian has, you know, been separated from Bethesda. And now they're owned by Microsoft. And they're going to be making those same types of games, but better. And uh, that 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 makes me that makes me more excited for, for Avowed than it does for either um, is it Starfield or Elder Scrolls Six. Um, yeah, from, Starfield. From so um, yeah, that's that's my my thoughts on that. I mean, we only saw a short piece of it, but like once the sword came out and then he started powering up that thing on his left hand, I thought that looked really cool. I was like, yeah, that that could be that that could be a good game. It could be a good. Skyrim, Elder Scrolls type of game that isn't from Bethesda. That's from a different company that they used to work with that's now owned by someone else basically so yeah and if you're on pc uh both the if you, you want to get a sense of what obsidian can do as an rpg uh both the uh, pillars of eternity are on a deep sale right now uh the pillars of eternity definitive edition is currently twenty dollars on a half off sale on steam mm-hmm. and pillars of eternity 2 deadfire is at 60 percent off at uh, 24 dollars and there's also a bundle to where you can buy both of them uh, for less than forty dollars. Cool. So if you're curious about that game, that's uh, you know that's a deep discount. I recommend it as it's a really good RPG. Cool. Uh, what did you think of about? Uh, we didn't really get enough of it to to make a full opinion on it. I'm a big fan of Obsidian. I like a lot of what they do. Um, they haven't had a a proper Pillars of Eternity game in a long time. I'm just double checking here. Uh, da, da, da. yeah, Pillars of Eternity 2 Deadfire got the remastered edition in 2018. So, okay. Um, but the first game, uh, let me pull that up real quick. Doesn't have a date on it of when it came out, but it was a long time ago. It was like 2012, I think. Okay. So we haven't had a game from them in a while, but they do really good RPGs. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, as dusk falls, the other game that you mentioned, um. I, I'm not sure about the art style of it, but I think with that, because that game's got to be, you know, leaning more into its story than than anything else, and into like, you know, interesting narratives and fates of characters and interesting characters themselves. So it's really gonna depend for me. Like, okay, if the story pulls me in, then I'll probably play it. But something about the presentation of the game or the art style didn't quite sort of click for me. But I've got. 
it, it, yeah, it, it, for me, it depends on what the story actually is. I mean, we've got some glimpses of some stuff, but like, okay, how good is the narrative and where does it kind of go? Uh, what do you think of that one? Yeah, I mean, that's definitely on my uh, watch list. I don't know if I'll get it or buy it. I mean, pretty much all, I think, all the games that I showed today are going to be on Game Pass at some point. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it might get to the point where I could just play it because I'm part of Game Pass. I don't know. It's, that kind of depends. Yeah. Um, but yeah, th- there's a lot of story-based games, which I'm a big fan of. Uh, a couple looked like they were in the Telltale style. Um, not necessarily Telltale games, because obviously Telltale doesn't exist anymore. But it looks like the style they created with like narrative, choose-your-own-adventure-ish kind of games is continuing on. And that's what that game kind of looked like. Yeah, so... We shall see. Uh, Psychonauts 2, Psychonauts 2, sorry, which we've already talked about. Um, yeah, Stalker 2, which you mentioned earlier. I didn't know there was a Stalker 1, to be honest. I'd never heard of this game. but I thought That was looked... a first-person shooter from a long time ago. Let me look that up. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I thought that looked quite cool, quite intriguing. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's I, I liked kind of the atmosphere of it. And, I don't know, something about, you know, uh, well, post-apocalyptic, sort of desolated-looking worlds i'm just attracted it's, to those uh, type of worlds so it's in chernobyl that's why it looks like that and i, okay. I actually recognize chernobyl from that uh, ferris wheel looking thing because i've seen that image probably a thousand st- times yeah uh stalker shadow of chernobyl came out in march of 2007 uh stalker clear side uh, clear sky which was a, a dlc update came out in september of 2008 and stalker call a pre prat I think that's how you pronounce it. P R I P Y A T came out in October 2009. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the last entry in the Stalker series was was 11 years ago. Okay, but yeah, I'd, I'd never heard of because it came out with Stalker 2. I was like, wait a minute, there was a Stalker one. Uh, so yeah, but technically uh, it's Stalker 4, but you know, okay. numbers don't mean anything anymore. Yeah, um, but no, those kinds of like desolated, post-apocalyptic kind of worlds. I'm not saying this is post-apocalyptic, but you know, what I mean, those kind of destroyed-looking worlds. Um, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm into those sorts of worlds at the moment. Hence my love of things like Last of Us 2 and, and whatnot. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I'm gonna just skip the games I have no opinions on, so things like Tetris Effect and Warhammer 40k. Um, do you have any thoughts on those games? Because I, I just don't. So. Yeah, I actually, back in college, again, before you were born, um, I actually used to play the miniature games quite a lot. I liked uh, painting on the small-scale miniatures before there was uh, PC games of it. Although I think there might have been a little bit of PC games. I just didn't know, know it at the time. Uh, so I am familiar with the universe. I am familiar with uh, not kind of the world, for lack of a better word. Um, the video games don't really translate as well because it's all about, you know, Six-sided dice rolling doesn't really translate into uh, um, computer random-generated stuff, so we'll see, though. Yeah, uh, so that's, that's the gunk that you mentioned earlier. I'm interested in that, but it's going to depend on, like, okay, so you, you're sucking up all this, this gunk and you're releasing it as, like, creating certain stuff and then you're walking through certain areas where you might get trapped and you've got to work your way out of that. Uh, we don't know too much about it, but the idea interests me. Um, certainly, it, it just depends on like, okay, what's well, what, what's the rest of the game about basically? So, uh, what do you think of the gunk? Yeah, I mean that one was a little weird. Um, because what is the gunk? What is it used for? Why are you sucking it up into, uh, you know, your little containment pack? Hmm. Uh, it's it's one of those games that I need more info on. So yeah, it's almost a bit like the um, 
mechanics from Luigi's Mansion, like you're sucking stuff up and then you kind of yeah use it in that kind that that kind of mechanic, but just a little bit different, I suppose. So uh, the medium that looks quite good to me. I'm interested in that. Um, I think that wasn't that shown off at a previous Xbox thing. I remember hearing the name before. Uh, there's been a lot of games announced recently, so I don't remember it off the top of my head. No. Okay. Um, it says uh, dual reality uh, trailer. I thought it said reveal trailer, but uh, I'm sure we'd seen that maybe somewhere before. Maybe I'm thinking of a different game, but uh, yeah, this whole idea of like dual realities and you're going into different areas. Um, I I like that sort of timey wimey travel sort of stuff. So uh, we'll see how that works out. Uh, Fantasy Star Online Two. I have no opinion on uh, Crossfire X. This is a game that has been shown off before, and it was shown off most, mostly for its multiplayer, and I didn't take any interest. I, th- I think this looks really good. Um, I, you know, we, we saw some of the sort of first-person shooter mechanics, and um, just just them saying like, okay, it's actually got a campaign. That means I can go in there, I can finish a story, and then I can be done with the game at a certain point. I'm 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 in on that game. Uh, at least not not for the multiplayer stuff, because you know, multiplayer shooters, Call of Duty's got me. Um, with, with with that sort of thing, but uh, yeah, I I think it looked great. Um, I think uh, yeah, the 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 guns look pretty good, and uh, yeah, just just from the small piece that we saw of it, I was I was quite interested. I I kind of had a little bit of interest before in in the game, but it, just because it was like a multiplayer game, it kind of I'd taken my mind off of it. But uh, yeah, that was that was cool to me. Um, we'll leave Fable till last actually, because it was the last game that was shown off. Uh, grounded. Um, whoops, you right there? Yeah, I just banged the mic stand. Sorry. Okay. Uh, grounded. Uh, for some reason, I can't quite tell you why, but this trailer sold me on the game. I'm not quite sure why. I I kind of had inter- interest before. We talked about it on the show before, and I'd kind of said like, okay, I'm interested in the building mechanics, but does it lead to something and that? Just something about like, okay, this does clearly have a story, and I just want like an end point where I, an end game for it. That's that's all I basically want. And just this kind of Pixar, Disney style kind of thing of like a Bugs Life, Toy Story kind of like, you know, small characters in like a big world sort of situation. Um, that that idea has me interested as well. It's more, you know, Bugs Life than what it is, Toy Story. But uh, yeah, do you, do you get what I mean? Those sorts of small characters yeah, in big environments. Yeah, it, it looks like that visually. Yeah, yeah. And I, I really like that sort of style with, with a lot of things. That sort of Honey Shrunk the Kids uh, kind of style as well, but I don't know. As I was watching this trailer, I was like, okay, I'm going to play this game. I don't know what it was. I, I, I guess, I guess it was maybe just because I had a bit of interest before, and then I just kind of saw it again, and I thought like, okay, I, I'll, I'll give this this game a go. Uh, I know that you've said that you're quite interested as well, uh, in Grounded. Yeah, uh, it's and they did show off a little bit of the uh, multiplayer function of it, so I, I do know people that are some of the streamers that I've been following and been trying to get interviews for, which is uh, everybody's bailed on me, which is why we haven't done another uh, swimming upstream episode. Everybody that I've caught to is like, yeah, yeah, sure. And then time comes was like, Oh, I can't do it now. But I do know a couple streamers that are planning on doing this game. So there's some multiplayer aspects. So, Hey, maybe we'll do a stream for that at some point. Uh, but yeah, I've, I was all in on this game. People that know me know that I love, uh, you know, micromanagement, world-building games. Um, that's kind of why I like State of Decay so much, is that it's it's, it's a lot of that base management world-building in a zombie game. I mean, that's, you know, that's my jam. Uh, so I can't wait for this game to come out. It should be out on Monday, so we'll probably be talking about a little bit about it on next week's podcast. That's, for the, uh, but that's yeah. in the preview program, by the way, the, that release yeah. date that they gave. 
which I'm I'm not in. So I guess you'll talk about the game and I'll wait for it to get fully released, which is fine. But um, yeah, so um, but yeah, don't know what it was. Something about I mean, it's a good thing, but something about it just said to me, yeah, I'm gonna give this a go at least. So uh, that interested me quite a lot. Uh, Tell me why, which is uh, another game from Don't Nod, which is the developers of life is strange uh so another kind of choice driven uh narrative game which i'm I'm a big fan of those sorts of games you know the, the telltale games the sort of um i was the what's the the detroit developers called why have i forgotten that uh D- detroit become human yeah the developers i've forgotten the developer's name for some reason uh but th- those sorts of story driven narrative choice games they did things like uh, um, quantic dreams that's the one yeah um those sorts of uh, developers that make those sorts of games, I really like those sorts of things. Uh, this is another one from Don't Nod, which, like I said, is, did the Life, Str- Life is Strange 1 and 2. Um, yeah, and it looks like it's going to be a change of pace. We don't know if we're going to get a Life is Strange 3, but for the moment we're going to get this Tell Me Why. Um, and, yeah, I'm I'm interested in that. They did a, a good job previously with Life is Strange 1 and 2. I think Life is Strange 1 is a lot better than the second one. But, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll still give them another chance with this game. So... That could be good. Uh, Everwild Eternals. That's the next game from Rare. We, I, I couldn't get a good grasp at all of what this game actually was, so I don't really have an opinion on it necessarily. Um, but uh, any thoughts on on that one? Yeah, I have no idea what it's about. Too. It looks like a a fantasy ish world because I think we did see a little bit of magic involved in it. But a bit of like a creative for fantasy this... world type of thing. Yeah. yeah. So. But other than that, I have no idea what the game's about, so it's just one of those things we'll have to wait until we find out more. Yeah, yeah, so there's that. Uh, Forza Motorsport, I don't know if you want to say anything about that, but I don't play those games, so I have no opinion there. But like you said, it's a good way to show off your new, uh, your new tech, so that's good. Uh, State of Decay 3, which you said that you freaked out over. Um, so is, is State of Decay kind of like... Your Last of Us, in terms of me, like it's the game that you get ridiculously excited for. If you get what I mean, yeah, probably. Yeah, um, I think they made some great improvements between one and two, uh, definitely graphically. Uh, the multiplayer part of it, I don't think was utilized very well. I wasn't a big fan of the uh, the horde mode that they did, just because it was way too much grinding for in-game stuff. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's a game that I'll go back to every now and then just to play for a couple hours. Cool. Uh, I didn't finish the second game. I kind of dropped off of it a little bit. I did really like the first game. So I'm still a fan of State of the Characters. Couldn't really get through the second game. I think with the third... I think they need to kind of try to find a way to evolve this game a little bit more. To to put, like, something else in there. Um, in, in, in some sort of way. Because uh, I'm, I'm I'm ready to, you know, give it a chance. And I'll definitely be trying the uh, third State of the K, State of the K game. Um... And if it if it still sticks to that kind of arcadey zombies type of stuff, I think that's still that's still perfectly fine with me. But I want them to I don't know maybe introduce some sort of mechanic or or d- just do something a little bit different with it uh, with the third game. But uh, we'll we'll see where, where they go with that. So uh, and then the first game that they showed off was Halo Infinite. Uh, what do you think of what they showed of Halo? Obviously, it's their big marquee game. So. Yeah, I mean, people, and I've said this before, that I'm not a big shooter guy, but it looked really, really good. Um, Looks like we're going to get a lot more uh, story-driven with Master Chief, which is a lot of people's complaint on uh, Halo 5, was that it was basically nothing about Master Chief. Uh, We got some new weapons shown. We got a lot of new weapons shown, actually, so I'm sure people are going to be doing, like, deep dives into those. Yeah. 
looks it looks like it's going to be kind of an open worldish game, which I don't know. I mean, I'm not a big fan of shooters in general, but I do like open world more than just kind of an on rails experience. So we'll just have to see. Yeah. Uh, for me, when they when they opened like the map and then revealed, okay, this is open world. My first thought was like, okay, why? Like, I I don't understand why that would work. And then as they started to show a bit more of it off, I I think this could be a good way to kind of just freshen up Halo a little bit. So my my thoughts on it kind of changed within minutes. Because first of all, I was like, okay, why would you switch from linear to open world where linear's worked so well for Halo? And then I kind of thought like. Okay, Halo Halo stagnated a little bit just with its its campaign gameplay. I'm not I'm not talking about the multiplayer stuff, but I think if if they get it right, we don't know if they're going to get it right or not. I think introducing an open world but still having obviously you know a, a narrative and an ending and all that sort of stuff. I think that could be it could be an interesting way to maybe refresh or or do something a little bit different with Halo to maybe. Just, just change it up a little bit. Not like innovate on the whole game or like do something incredible with it, but just, just give a little bit of a change up to it. I think it could maybe work. So we'll see. But uh, I thought, I thought the, I've, I've never really had a problem with the core gameplay of Halo. I think it's always been fairly good. I think other games do what they do better though, uh, in, in some way, shape, and form. And form. Um, but uh, in terms of the sci-fi first, po- first person sort of. Um, stuff i think it i think it looks all right so there was a few little like you know pieces of equipment that you use that sort of um grenade shield that you threw threw down and then it's got this kind of orange or yellow wall around you and and you can kind of use that and stuff i thought that looked good um i do like because i've always liked um the warthogs and stuff i always thought they were kind of an interesting um vehicle that you never properly got to use just because like in, in a lot of sections of halo you are in a lot of like corridors and in buildings and stuff, and you could never really like drive around much in them. So I think, yeah, having a warthog in the open world and that sort of thing could uh, it it could just be what Halo maybe needs to just freshen itself up a little bit. I think maybe. So we shall see. Yeah, the warthog was my jam. The few times that I did do multiplayer in Halo, I was always behind the wheel. I was a really good wheelman. I cool. racked up a lot of kills just running people over with the warthog. I remember in Halo 3, I can't remember the exact name of it, but there was this game mode where uh, one of you drove a Warthog, or, or it might have been, what's the other vehicle called? The one that's like, a, it's got um, no gun on the back. I think you you jump on one of them uh, as well. I don't know. Yeah. I know what you're talking about, but I don't remember. Yeah, I can... I, it might just be a Warthog as well, it just didn't have a gun. Maybe, uh, but you. What one of you drove around on that, and one of you like jumped in the back and had a rocket launcher, and it was basically this thing where they were like, I don't know, it, maybe it was sixteen, maybe it was twenty people, and you're all driving around the map trying to blow each other up. Um, and one of you had uh, one of the rocket launchers, I think, with unlimited ammo, and the other one was driving. Was around. it the uh, rat race? Maybe. I I can't remember. This this was a long time ago. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I, I think I was at high school when that, when that was happening, which was about 10 years ago. But I, I remember having a ton of fun with that. So I've always thought the vehicles were actually kind of interesting in Halo. So implementing that into an open world, which might change up the game a little bit more, I think is uh, I think is a good idea. So uh, And then they did come out and say, you know, one, one last thing. They showed a sword, they showed a fairy, and then that fairy got killed by a frog. <laughs> and then they revealed uh, the Fable uh, splash screen kind of logo. Um... As I, as I said, I think it was two episodes ago when we talked about the uh, trademark being renewed. I think um, just like with... I know it's a different 
genre but i know i think that with um what sony did with god of war and kind of refreshing that and bringing back an ip i think microsoft's got a chance to do the same thing here but with fable um as well i've kind of like re- refreshing it give it it's not called fable four or six or whatever the next one would have been called i've, I've no idea um but it's called fable it's just gonna it looks like it's gonna be kind of a, a revival for the series i don't know like any of the characters or whatever so i don't know if they'll bring people back and, and that sort of stuff um but yeah this this could be yeah just giving it kind of a, a refresh not co- not 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 naming it as like a sequel and saying like hey if you want to know what's going to happen you have to play the other games which i don't think people necessarily want to do or whatever those are all probably backwards compatible and that but you know what i mean it's, it's a good way to kind of i think introduce new players and bring old players back to the series as well so i'm i'm very interested in what they're going to do here and at the moment with things like cursed and the witcher and game of thrones and that uh i do like some fantasy stuff at the moment which it looks like this is going to be so uh i am in on this at least at the moment so uh what do you think of fable coming back yeah i mean i was never the the hugest fable fan the original fable i did play up until uh, a certain point just because it had a lot of game breaking bugs in it that never really got fixed and patched out um i think i tried playing two and three uh there were games with gold at some point um so i know i own them i just i, I just couldn't get into it i mean th- and there's nothing wrong with that i mean we like what we like and we don't like what we don't like. So, I mean, I know a lot of people love it. I know a lot of people are going to be super stoked that they're getting a new Fable game. I might keep an eye on it. I might not. It's really not in my wheelhouse. But, you know, other than that, there's nothing wrong with that. Cool. Uh, that's all the games I've found on there to talk about. So, unless there was any others that you wanted to mention. Nope, that's pretty much it. Cool. I think that's our coverage of the Xbox Game Showcase. Like we said, uh, let us know what your thoughts on the games were, if there's any that you're interested in, not interested in, so on and so forth. You can email in and let us know what you think. Uh, All right, let's move on from that, uh, because we're 45 minutes in. (laughs) Um, What have we got next? A couple of other uh, notable bits and pieces for the Xbox Games Showcase and other Xbox stuff. This was mentioned in the show, but it it was also announced before it, so... Uh, Game Pass Ultimate is going to be adding Project X Cloud in September, free of charge for Game Pass Ultimate. They haven't said Game Pass, they said Game Pass Ultimate, so I'm assuming you'll need the Ultimate one for that. Um, I think that's quite a good idea to kind of just add it in for free. I think some people were uh, interested to see, like, okay, is this going to cost extra money? Will I need something else? Or no, it seems like you'll just be able to jump in um, uh, for free if you've got uh, Game Pass Ultimate. So. Uh, as I've kind of said before, I don't think that streaming games is the future, but I'm willing to give this a try. You know, I gave St- I gave Stadia a lot of stick and a lot of crap, and it was earned because it is a bad service. But I will give. I I don't like want streaming games to be the future. But you know what? When game when uh, XCloud comes out, I'll sign up to Game Pass Ultimate. Maybe they'll do a deal in it or or something. And I'm going to give it a try, just to give it a fair shake, and then I'll give my thoughts on it at the time. Uh, but what do you think of them doing this? Yeah, uh, I'm I'm agreeing with you in that streaming I'm not the biggest fan of. I'd much rather download it and have it play locally. Yeah. Uh, and Stadia as well. I mean, that was just a lack of function. It didn't function well. And I don't see Stadia even being a thing within the next two years. Uh, but past that, I mean, that's where Microsoft has been going for quite a while, and they've quite clearly been uh, uh, pushing it, and they get it to work. So yeah, so we'll see how, no... how it works. So yeah, um, cool. So that's that. Um, 
the Xbox Xbox One games will not. This is just a small thing. I think it was kind of obvious, but it was announced, so I thought I'd just add it in here. Uh, Xbox One games will not require Connect to play on Series X. So if you've got a game that does have Connect, quote unquote, requ- required, sorry, uh, that will no longer be the case. Um, we spoke a little bit before um, we started recording. I, I kind of mentioned to you how this has kind of already been implemented. Uh, there's two games I can think of, both are Disney games, that were Connect required and then they kind of changed it up a little bit. One of which was the Disneyland Adventures thing where you walk around as his avatar kind of thing and uh, you play different games and stuff, um, which is, it was quite low on content and if they did one now you'd probably have quite a few things to add. Um, but that required Connect, you had to sort of like stick your arm out and then move it around to sort of walk around the Disneyland Park or Disney World Park or whatever. Uh, you can now just use that with a controller. Uh, you can just walk through the game with that. The other one is uh, Disney Rush, which is these little like mini games that are based off the films. I think there was a Toy Story one, Cars um, Up, I think was on there. Uh, Incredibles had one as well. Uh, so that game doesn't require you to use Connect anymore. So I'm guessing games that previously forced you to use Connect will just sort of adapt and change in that sort of way if they're going to be played on a uh, Series X which like I said has already started happening with uh, quite old games so um yeah pre- a pretty simple thing I wouldn't have thought that they would have uh, required you to have done that but uh, what do you think of this choice yeah uh, it's I can't remember the last time I even had my Connect uh, plugged into it mm. um I I still haven't I just haven't used it and uh you know they haven't had that port since they made since they released the uh, Xbox Series S. Um, you mean, so I'm not you mean over. One S. Yeah, I'm sorry. The the One S. Yeah, sorry. Xbox One S. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's not really that surprising. I'm, there's a lot of there were a lot of halfway decent Connect uh, games, but uh, you know it's just Microsoft is moving on. So yeah, yeah, and they have been for for a long time. So. Is something you'd expect. Uh, so move away from Xbox and onto well, again that will be on Xbox, but not exclusively. Uh, Crash Bandicoot uh, 4. It's about time, October 2nd, which we've talked about previously. Uh, the game will have over 100 levels, which I am quite happy about. Um, a lot of people in the Crash Bandicoot forums and all that sort of stuff, and on Twitter, were kind of saying like, okay, if you if you charged, I think it was 60 or 40 dollars for the Insane Trilogy, and you had like 25 levels in each of the games of course they were ps1 games so they were maybe a bit limited um i think it makes a lot of sense to just add more levels um some people some other people in the crush community were kind of saying okay if you had like 60 or 80 levels or something but made certain levels longer or certain levels like more special or something i think they should try and go with well quality and quantity um, and try and have like okay have still have some levels that are unique and, and different and that like you've got some levels where you ride on the bear and and you're on bikes and things like that um and then you have just the more simple just you know jumping and platforming levels and stuff uh so i'm i'm quite happy to hear that it's got over 100 levels i think for a game that's probably going to be 60 dollars full priced um yeah i think you definitely need more than what the insane trilogy had because you you can i mean crash bandicoot 3 if you just mainline that one you can probably finish that in like an hour probably the same with well not necessarily crash bandicoot 1 because you'll die a lot more um maybe with the the second game's a bit bigger than the first one um so yeah they, they'll take you like two to three hours to to finish each so i think it makes sense that uh, they have a lot more levels with uh with this singular game so uh what do you think of that 
Yeah, I mean, that's a ton of levels. So obviously, yeah. if you're a big fan of that game, then uh, that's great news to you. So cool and some of the some of the levels might be shorter some of them might be a bit longer uh some levels might have new mechanics we've not seen before like they've got these new masks and things like that so we'll see how that plays into it but um yeah i am quite happy with that so i think that that's good uh one thing that i think is actually quite a big piece of news but has been really just like no one's talked about it really uh jeff Keeley, of course the guy who hosts, hosts the game awards and, and has been doing this whole summer games fest thing he did a uh, PS5 DualSense, which is the name of the new PS5 controller. He did a hands-on video with it. He played, uh, I think it's called Astro's Playground, the sequel to uh, Astrobot. And, um, yeah, it came out. People were talking about it on the day, and then this Xbox game showcase thing came out, and then no one talked about the PS5 controller thing. So, uh, did you manage to see this? And if so, what did you think? Yeah, I, I saw it. It's uh, It looks like a little beefier than the mm. current PS4 controller. Um, so we've got the new form factor. We've got the new haptics and adaptive triggers. Uh, I don't remember if they said if the PS4 controller is going to be compatible with the PS5. Um, so that's going to be a really interesting thing if that's not the case. And then you can't use your controllers on different consoles, which would be super weird. Um, the built-in mic, I don't get... I have no real desire to have a mic active when I play games. And this just screams of something bad going wrong at some point. Mm. Um, I, outside of that, I mean, it's cool, I guess. So Yeah, I, I think the features are interesting. So you've got, like, you know, the haptic uh, triggers and the feedback and all that sort of thing. And... Uh, Jeff was talking about, because obviously he was the one that was playing the game and not us, we could only watch it, and he was talking about how the game was, like, responding and reacting to the controller, or sorry, how the controller was reacting to the game, rather, um, in certain situations, and how you'd feel, like, the toughness of certain areas. He went to, like, this desert-y kind of part of Astrobot and showed, like, you can kind of, like, hear the character's footsteps and stuff. Um, I think that was a good kind of slightly more basic game to show off that sort of thing. It will be very interesting to see with third-party games, because I think this is going to be more of a first- and second-party game kind of thing. So, like, when we get the new God of War, or when we get Horizon Forbidden West, or when we get the new Spider-Man game, they'll obviously have the chance to do that more, because it will be only on PlayStation, and it will be focused towards that. I kind of wonder with, like, let's say with, with um... Let's say with, like, next Call of Duty or something like that, if it's going to... Because that will be on Xbox, and it will be on PC, and uh, probably some, some other stuff as well. Um, and the Xbox Series X controller won't have these same features, so will it be kind of a case where, like, third-party developers for some of these games, so like, I, I don't know, the next Assassin's Creed or the next Watch Dogs or whatever, um, if it's kind of like, because those developers also developing the game for another platform, which won't be able to even use those features if they just won't be put into those games, and if it will be kind of like a special first and second party only game sort of thing because then like i said those those developers will only be making that game for playstation 5 and then they won't have to worry about like okay if if there's a specific type of like tension in the controller or a particular feeling which you wouldn't be able to do on the xbox controller because it wouldn't have the same features as it if that would like change development of certain games um what do you think of that yeah, I mean, that's always a possibility. Uh, but then again, the uh, Elite Series 2, I think, does have those haptics in it. So maybe they'll mm-hmm. put them in there and it'll just translate perfectly or maybe not. So you never know. Yeah, just depends on how. 
I mean, it's, I think it should be down to like developer choice and and things like that. Because I mean, games already take long enough to get made. You don't need to necessarily like make sure you've got these little features and that. But like I said, I, I think this will be more focused on first and second party games. So we shall see. Uh, let's move on. From, I mean, the, the demo was good. It was about it was ten minutes of Jeff playing, and then it was ten minutes of him talking to some guy about the controller. So I I liked what I saw of it. I don't think there's too much else to really discuss there. I'm just interested to see how this will work with other games um, going forward. So there we go. Uh, Flight Simulator, which we talked about last week, and we talked about which countries we'd like to fly over i guess uh on on that game and we talked about that as well um there was some news i thought i thought this was quite interesting and something i didn't expect to really see uh so flight simulator will ship on 10 discs for pc uh the 10 discs contain the game's world aircraft uh that was the actual sentence i saw so i wrote it down that way will let users with poor internet download the bulk of the game um on so i think it's offline um so because obviously with a game like this you're going to have a lot of data going on there's cities are going to be flying over and there's going to be i assume the whole world to explore potentially depends on what exactly they do 10 discs is a lot um i'm not sure why the pc would require this necessarily i'm still going to play it on xbox when it comes out probably to game pass or something like that um but what do you think of that yeah 10 discs is a little weird um mostly just because um, with PC games, uh, most people don't buy discs anymore. Um, mm, my new yeah. PC build, I don't even have a, a CD drive in it. I bought an external one just because I didn't want to put one in the drive because I almost never use it. Uh, I think the 10 disc is more just for collectors that want that case on their shelf more than anything else. Mm. Um, anybody that buys it is going to download it because it would be silly to switch out discs uh, you know, you know, go to this city. Oh, you can't go to this city yet. You got to switch <laughs> out your discs. Yeah. Um, that would that would just be super weird. Um, but yeah. Outside of that, I can't wait for the game to come out. It's gonna be super cool to be flying around. Yeah. And like I mentioned on previous podcasts, this is a uh, this is a very technical simulator. So it's not like dogfights and missile locks and anything like that. You're getting into the minutia of flying planes. Yeah. So I'm still looking forward to it. Um, I'm going to play it probably, like I said, on Game Pass when it comes to Xbox One. So uh, yeah, still very much looking forward to that. So in terms of this, like 10 disc for PC, it doesn't affect me because I'm not going to be playing it on PC. So uh, there's that as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the last thing I've got to talk about is um, I might have this developer's name wrong, or not not wrong, but I might pronounce it wrong. Sorry. For for are not A R G O N A U. GHT, so however you want to say that. Uh, Games uh, CEO, so the CEO of that company, wants to remake Croc. Uh, For those of you unfamiliar, Croc is a one of the many platformer games uh, of the PlayStation One era. Something very much. I mean, I wouldn't say Croc's like you know deep in my childhood as much as something like Spider Man, Crash Bandicoot, and Toy Story is, but. I remember the game from from back in my childhood. It was one of the games I probably watched my dad play it or something, or probably probably watched my sister play it. I think I might have played like three levels of the game when I was younger. I was kind of interested in it, but you know, when you're younger, you don't really play games properly per se. So now that I'm older and all that, I would give it like you know the full run run through and stuff. Uh, so this is something I'd very much. Um, very much be happy to have uh, as i've said uh, for months on the show now i think all these remasters of these 90s games uh, so you've had crash bandicoot spyro medieval final fantasy the list goes on and on 
Uh, this will be another one to add to the list, and again, I think this would be a good one to test the waters, you know, if people that haven't played this game before, they remake the first game, maybe people like it, and then maybe they make more games, or they remaster, I think there's two Croc games, I don't know if there's any more than two, I remember seeing Croc 1 and 2 when I was younger, uh, but maybe they then do the second game, and then they maybe do another game, who knows where this leads to, but I, I think all these remasters of these old games is a good way to kind of test the waters to maybe bring them back, I mean, it worked with Crash Band they remastered the um uh the, the the original trilogy and then even the uh, crash team racing game that clearly worked out well because they're doing a fourth game you're probably going to see a new spyro game as well I'd be surprised if you didn't um uh, so yeah i think it's a good way to test the waters for that and to maybe revive the franchise uh so yeah i'm uh hoping that this will happen very much how about you yeah, I mean, remakes are always good, uh, especially when they're done right by a developer that loves the franchise and just mm-hmm. wants to see the game, you know, from new people like yourself who maybe not have played it. I was never a PlayStation 1 owner, so I don't even know what the game is, but if it's that popular, uh, there's no reason to not bring it back. Yeah, so... We shall see. This isn't an announcement of the game. The CEO of the company just said that they want to do it and they're interested to do it. So we shall see. But uh, I'd very much welcome that. Uh, And that's all of my news. We do have some emails, which we'll get to at the end. But what would you like to talk about today? Well, I mentioned it in the intro of the show about not being able to buy an Xbox Live Gold uh, 12-month membership. Mm -hmm. And that was actually confirmed to the true achievement websites via IGN that Microsoft is no longer selling the 12 month subscription as a as a card. You also can't buy it on the console either. Uh, you can still buy 1 month and 3 month passes just not 12 years. Uh, Microsoft gave no official announcement as to why, but if I had to bet, uh, I think within the next year, maybe less, they'll just stop gold altogether and just either be uh, Game Pass Ultimate or nothing. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Because um, usually when I hear about people having Xbox Live Gold, they would potentially usually get Ultimate, or they would um, have Game Pass or Gold. Um, but yeah, given that they've basically you know put the put the two subscriptions together with uh, Ultimate and that, uh, I think that probably makes sense as well. So um, yeah, it's it's something that's. I think it's interesting. Um, like you said, you know, you went to go to the store and then they said they didn't even have it, which it sounds to me like they kind of just have it taken out of their system. Uh, and you yeah, can't. the manager at that store said that they were supposed to all get pulled with the last restock. Mm. Now, I did find another store that did still sell them, so I uh, bought as many as I could to because they only let you stack a gold membership for 36 months. So I bought enough to re-up me to that 36-month period, and then we'll just see where it goes from there. So Cool. So we'll see. But, yeah, it makes sense with what they're doing with Game Pass, and, you know, the, we've we've been able to get, well, all of the games that we mentioned earlier uh, on Game Pass and Day 1 uh, new release games and stuff. Uh, makes sense that you combine the two. So, mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, at some point, I think you're probably going to see a similar change with PlayStation Now and PlayStation Plus, because uh, that's due to get, like... Uh, changed, I suppose, because PS Plus. Although I think, although I think PS Plus has been giving out better games than what Gold has, they do still give out less games, and they need to do something different about that. Because going from the the fifty, was it fifty gigabytes of cloud storage, cloud storage to yeah. gigabytes? I don't know that anyone was asking for that or really bothered by that necessarily. Um, so yeah, I think you because they have been slowly adding games to PlayStation now as well. So we'll see if um, you know with the next gen coming and all that if uh, if they'll make some changes. 
so we'll see. Yeah, and plus the the cloud storage is just for game uh, save data. Yeah, I mean, who you even uses two gigs of it, much less the fifty that you had before and the hundred now? Yeah. Um, I would like, even though I don't use uh, PlayStation VR, I would like to see them, you know, bump in a VR game every now and then for Me their too. monthly yeah. games. For someone that is subscribed to PS Plus and has VR, I'd very much like those things, two things to go together as well. So. Yeah, because they, they've done like a couple of bonus games here and there. They did Wipeout VR, they did Firewall VR as well. But yeah, there's, there's a lot of PSVR games out there that they could stick on that list. And uh, I think they could start doing that. So we'll see. Cause in terms yeah, of if like, you get like two or three VR games a year, I think that might have more interest for people getting VR. Yeah, maybe it could do that as well. It could drive sales for, uh, for VR a little bit. So there we go. Uh, what else do you want to talk about today? Well, the 12-month gold isn't the only thing they're canceling. Uh, Microsoft announced officially that it is discontinuing production of the Xbox One X and the Xbox One S All Digital Edition. Uh, this is obviously in anticipation of the Series X coming out sometime later this year. Um, so it's one of those things that it's. Not, I mean, I'm kind of shocked that they're getting rid of the X. I'm not really shocked they're getting rid of the S1 Digital. I don't even know that it sold all that well, but then they give, never give sales numbers anyway. Mm. Um, so yeah, those will be gone soon. Uh, and weirdly, it's fitting for it to be gone now because I'm sure production has ramped down a lot with everything in lockdown because of COVID. So there probably weren't a whole lot stacked in. So it weirdly makes them easier for to get rid of all that stuff. Yeah, it makes sense on that front as well. You know, with COVID still very much being a thing. Um and then wanting to make as many uh, Xbox Series X's as possible, uh, that makes sense as well. So is that just for the digital versions, not for the digital yeah. versions? Well, it's all versions of the One X, and then it's the digital version of the S. Some people jokingly called it the Sad Edition because it was S all digital yeah. sad. Uh, which I, I like good wordplay. I thought that was kind of funny. I don't really think that the One S digital was necessary, but they came out with it anyway. So yeah. They, they did what they did so uh, some people liked it some people didn't you know if you own an xbox one anyway then they've they've already got you because you already own one of their consoles but um yeah because i, I kind of i was kind of thinking throughout the whole game show uh game show game showcase sorry uh presentation of like okay i'm liking a lot of these games they have said before that these will be on xbox one and um s and and the x and the series you know that across the xbox family uh, at least for xbox one consoles obviously it won't play on your 360 or your original xbox uh, but for the xbox one family all those games will be played uh, in the same place and i kind of thought like okay in order for these games to maybe play a little bit better for me and those sorts of things uh, at some point i will probably have to upgrade my xbox one to an s or an x um there'll still be ones out there that you can buy uh, from what, what basically from what Robert's saying um, is that they won't be producing new uh, consoles of those. You'll still be able to go out and buy you know those consoles from either people online or from stores where they have them. They just won't be manufacturing new ones. Uh, so that's that's what that means. Um, but yeah, eventually I'll, maybe just an Xbox One S. I don't feel the need to get necessarily one X, but just just a fresh Xbox One console. I think would be would be good for that. So, because if, because to me, if I don't, if I don't need to buy an Xbox Series X in order to play these new games, and I can still play them on the previous versions of the Xbox One, I'll just buy one of the previous versions of the Xbox One. So, 
Um, but there's that as well. Do you, what, what's your? Are you, you still got uh, similar plans or the same plans for next? Gen yeah, stuff? I have the One S. Uh, my uh, original X, original Xbox uh, One was starting to fail on me, so I replaced it with an S. Um, I honestly, I just you can't look that far into the future anymore. I mean, if you'd asked what I would be doing in July, back in January, the state of the world now would not have come to my mind. No. Uh, so I hope, you know, to be able to afford a Series X at launch, but we don't have a price yet, so I really can't plan on it. And I'm, it would have been nice to have gotten a price today, but I wasn't expecting it because they did say it was going to focus all on the games. Yeah. Um. But yeah, they talk uh, just from when they did like a, their tech showcase a couple three months ago, and they showed the hardware improvements running the same game because they were running State of Decay, uh, Decay Two, and they showed the vastly vastly improved load time for that game. And that's my only real gripe of the game is you start it, you can go cook yourself a burger and be done and ready to eat by the time the game gets going. It takes that long, and to, to watch that game pop up inside of three seconds, that sold me on the yeah i'm probably gonna have to buy this sooner than i thought um so you know graphics wise obviously it's gonna be an improvement but that's the same with any new hardware refresh um the rest of it it, it's cool tech but it means nothing until you actually see it but just that lack of load time definitely puts me on the sooner rather than later for getting one but you know if they say uh pre-order now seven hundred dollars that's definitely gonna hit the brakes on that Mm-hmm. But they say pre order now four hundred dollars. Uh, shut up and take my money. Cool. So we shall see. Uh, what else do you want to talk about today? Uh, well, probably the big news is that uh, Doctor Disrespect uh, gave an interview to PC Gamer Magazine, breaking his silence. Uh, it's a super long interview, so I won't get too much into it. You can find it on the PCGamer.com website. Um, but the big thing is, is that uh, he did confirm that he still, at the time of giving the uh, article seven days ago, that he does not know why Twitch banned him. Uh, he did say that he's planning legal action against Twitch, which I'm guessing is a breach of contract because he did sign an exclusivity contract with Twitch when uh, Mixer was trying to court him. Uh, he he doesn't know where he's going to be streaming in the future. He hinted at maybe of just starting his own uh i mean he's got his own website for the champions club but he hinted at maybe just streaming it live from there uh he didn't he didn't uh discount going to like a uh, youtube gaming or facebook gaming but he's not really committing on anything past that uh he did say that anybody that claims that knows why he got kicked he'd like to talk to because he still doesn't know um at you know, like I said, it's a really long interview, so you can read it if you want. But uh, yeah, we're a month into this, and still, there's no official reason given as to why he's gone. Yeah, I mean, it's a weird one. You know, if you're on a platform and they permanently ban you and then don't tell you why, you're gonna have questions and you're gonna be, you know, very angry, obviously, um, and all that sort of thing. I mean, yeah, if he, obviously he can probably stream from different places. He could probably go to, uh, you know, YouTube. I would have said Mixer, which is now Facebook Live Gaming, which I still think is really weird. But anyway, um, if he's able to stream from his own website, I'm I'm sure his fans will follow him wherever he goes. Um, you know, as long as he's not done something really horrible or whatever. Um, but yeah, just given like his reaction in that video that that you sent me and everything, and kind of what he said and 
what other people have kind of said. It, it's 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 just a weird situation where no one. I mean, I I for, I mean, I don't know the reason myself, but or anything. But like, I think the people out there who are saying like, okay, I know why you got banned. They're either just trying to get like attention, maybe, or they I I don't know, maybe they're just like messing around. Because how how would there be a situation where? Because surely between him and Twitch, they would they would tell him. Why, why, why would somebody else find out before him? I don't really, I don't understand why. Again, maybe there's certain reasons as to why this is all happening, but that's just really weird. So, because uh, it, it's like, let's say someone took, so let's say YouTube sent me an email tomorrow and said like, hey, the Entertainment Talk YouTube channel is getting taken down, and then that was it. And then someone messages me on like email or something or tweets at me and says like, oh, I know why you got taken down. I'd be very confused because <laughs> it'd be like, okay, why, why do you know and I don't? So yeah, I I totally get that that uh, situation, and I don't think some people might say like, oh, he's lying, he does know whatever. Um, I mean, I, I mean, I I I think he would probably say that. Okay, I do know why, but I maybe can't tell you or whatever. But I don't know. It's a, it's a it's a weird situation. Um, what do you think? Yeah, it's it's super weird. Um, just because it came literally out of nowhere, and it wasn't like you know his. 10th ban or his 20th ban or something like that. He, he has gotten banned before. Obviously we talked about when he was at the, uh, the, the TwitchCon yeah. and yeah, and ran into the bathroom, which obviously, um, is a thing. So, uh, but I mean, it's one of those things that either it's so, so bad, nobody wants to say, or it's so stupid that nobody wants to say, or because of I'm obviously the pending lawsuits, um, and there will be a lawsuit at some point um, for lost revenue, if nothing else. Yeah, uh, you just don't really know. Um, it's a weird one. It's definitely a weird one. Yeah. So, do you think he? Do you, there's there's two other possible answers. Either he does know when he's not allowed to say, or he does know when he's lying and saying that he doesn't. Or the or or what's actually going on is he just simply doesn't know which one do yeah. do you think it is? Uh, I think he honestly doesn't know because if he knows and wasn't allowed to say, then he could just say, "Yeah, I know why I got a why, but I'm just not allowed to say for legal reasons." People would understand that. Um, if he knew and lied about not knowing, I could. I mean, technically, that's a possibility. I just don't see the point in it. Yeah. Um, especially this far out removed from it, you know, we're, you know, we're almost four weeks past it. Uh, if he knew he could just say, I finally found out why don't want to say, um, other than that, you know, he can't tell you for legal reasons or yeah. Yeah. It's easier to say, I know, and I can't tell you for legal reasons than anything else. Mm -hmm. So we'll see how this works out, but at least we have a little bit more information on it. Well, we we still don't know what's going on and why and neither does he yeah. apparently but uh, yeah we will continue to follow the story because I'm just curious as like okay what the hell did he do you know yeah um so I, and I'm not, I'm not gonna sit here for ten minutes trying to guess what he did because we could guess a million different things so yeah I don't know because it's obvious before with like okay you stream yeah you streamed in the bathroom yeah this obvious as to why you you know got uh, temporarily banned before i think everybody could you know guess as to why that was but uh with mm-hmm. this one it's a little bit more mysterious so we shall see um but what else do you want to talk about today uh well the last thing i have to talk about is uh, nintendo did a stealth uh, uh state of play thing i forget uh. what they call it um 
Uh, Nintendo Direct, that's it. Yeah. And I've yeah. often joked before that the Nintendo Directs were kind of like a one-night stand because they went by so quick. Uh, this was not a one-night stand. This was a quickie in a bathroom at a club. The thing was only eight minutes long. Um, there wasn't a whole lot um, to talk about from it, but kind of the two big things is that uh, they announced uh, Shin Megami Tensei Five is going to get released on the Switch in 2021. And they announced that uh, Switch and PS4 would be getting a remaster of Shin Megami Tensei 3. Uh, I'm not familiar at all with those games, uh, but I do know that a lot of people were just shouting for joy over it uh, because they are such big fans. And like I've always said before, getting more of something that you like is never a bad thing. Yeah, yeah, as long as that thing is being treated well. And, and yeah, the being done so. right, being treated well, yeah. but. It's, you know, it's Shin Megami Tensei, so I'm sure the people that own that IP know what they're doing, mm-hmm. so. Uh, in terms of this Nintendo Direct, I didn't see it. Um, I did know that it happened, and then I looked online, and everyone was saying, like, okay, it was a kind of nothing show, so I didn't bother to watch it. Uh, the two games that we're talking about, I'm not really too familiar with myself anyway, uh, so I just kind of, yeah, just didn't really pay too much attention to it. I mean, the two big things to me this week was the... the uh, Xbox game showcase and the PS5 uh, controller thing. So yeah, um, but yeah, I, I bit, yeah, we were asked the question I think last week about like, okay, who's due to talk next? And I kind of said like, okay, we got this Xbox game showcase coming up. You know, in terms of games, at least Microsoft has definitely spoken a lot. Uh, in terms of you know release dates and price for hardware of PS5 and Series X, we still don't know. But the other company that I kind of pointed out is like, okay, we haven't heard from Nintendo in a while, and then they do speak, and it's something really short. And no one really remembers it, so uh, I guess that they're still very much on their on my radar of like, okay, companies who need to talk next about you know the big games because uh, we heard a little bit recently about Breath of the Wild two, and uh, the the voice acting has been well at least the the first go of voice acting lines have been complete. Whether or not they need to re-record certain things, we don't know. Uh, there's obviously going to be a new Mario game at some point because uh, it's Super Mario, and he's going to have games forever. Um, but yeah, in terms of just other stuff like what's happening with Metroid Prime, what's happening with yeah, just a bunch of other games as well. So um, we are waiting for you to talk again, Nintendo, I suppose. And I I I haven't touched my Nintendo Switch in quite a long time. Uh, I've actually added uh, Donkey Kong Tro- Tropical Freeze to my uh, rental list again because I want to give it another try. But other than that, I've not even looked at it. I mean, I've looked at it, but I've not like picked it up or or anything in, in a long time. So, uh, what do you think? Yeah, um, and when I said, you know, this was a stealth announcement, I saw it posted yeah. as it's going to be out on a Facebook post for the first time, and the show was 10 minutes after that post. So, I knew nothing about nothing about nothing. So, uh, I mean, like I said, if you like uh, Shin Megami series, that's obviously cool. Yeah, um, yeah definitely. Definitely get more of it. Uh, obviously, you know, more games coming to the Switch is never a bad thing because, you know, it's it's a game console. It's sold really, really well. You definitely want to get your games on it. Hmm. Uh, but outside of that, I know nothing of the franchise, so I really couldn't comment on anything of that. Cool. Uh, so you said that was the last thing you had to talk about? I think. Yeah, that's the last thing I had to talk about. 
Cool. Let's move on to the emails here. Like I said, if you have any thoughts, feelings, questions, comments, or maybe concerns about video games, I don't know, uh, you can email in matthewentertainmenttalk.org. Twitter, we are on there. EtalkUK. There's a contact page and information in your show notes. Not just for video game stuff, but anything related to entertainment talk. Feel free to ask. Josh, um, he's joking in this uh, email, so I'll just make that clear before I even start reading the email. Uh, says Matt was paid by Naughty Dog for his review. Just kidding. Uh, glad you liked the game as did I I'm glad you enjoyed it as well when uh, do you think we could simply see another part to the game so I think what Josh is asking instead of like a Last of Us 3 when do you think we'll see any new piece of the game so whether it would be a prequel DLC like they did before with Left Behind or something else Um, I think it's probably at least going to be a few years I think if it's a smaller little left behind DLC type of story maybe in like a couple of maybe in like two years I think if we if we do get a Last of Us Part 3 it's probably going to be in another five six seven years or so because those games just take that long to make but I think if you if you take all the work that you did with Last of Us Part 2 use that same engine and all, all that you know the graphics package and everything that you built for Last of Us Part 2 if you take that and then you simply make a new narrative part of the story so like a smaller dlc like a left behind type of thing i think it could be about two years or so but that that they haven't even decided i mean they might have decided as far as we know as the public they haven't decided um on the next part neil Druckmann might have other ideas that he's working on behind the scenes we don't know but uh, i think it could be uh, up to about two years if we see some sort of dlc and if we see a part three game like a full new game it could be several years yet uh what do you think yeah, I mean, for any kind of DLC, they haven't even announced anything yet that I know of. Yeah. Um, so, minimum one year, if that. Um, I, I doubt we'll get a Last of Us Part Three anytime, anywhere, any near soon. Um, maybe four or five years, uh, just yeah. because of all the hubbub and the noise that came from the game itself. You kind of mm-hmm. want that to die down before you really do anything. Do you think it could be another case of um, Last of Us 1 was an end of PS3 game, Last of Us Part 2 is an end of PS4's life cycle game, do you think they could repeat that theme again, like when we get to the end of the PS5's life cycle, which will be in, you know, I mean the, the thing isn't even out yet, so maybe they could do that again, I don't know. That's always possible. I don't know that you want to play in your games that way, it might want to be, you know, more of a, like a happy accident than anything else, so... Yeah, we'll see. So, uh, but no, I wasn't paid by Naughty Dog. I received zero money for um, from Naughty Dog for my review. But uh, it's an honest review. If you want to check it out, uh, it's out there on the website. If you did like the game, if you didn't like the game, if you're somewhere in the middle or you hate the game, that's okay. Uh, I, I loved it. I still do. I like it the more that I play it, which has been a little bit here and there. Um, so, there we go. Becky says, uh, did you see that Metacritic is going to require 38 hours to put in a user review score after a new release, given how Last of Us Part 2 went? Uh, do you see this as a good idea? So there's two thoughts I have to this. First of all, I think it's a good reaction to this. The other thing is this kind of doesn't matter in a way, because if you're going to be on you know, the hate train of not just you know Last of Us Part 2 or Part 3 or whatever, any new game that comes out, if you're going to be on the hate train for the game and you're sitting there waiting to publish your review, all you have to do basically is like, okay, instead of posting it on the you know the the day after the game com- or the day the game comes out, which is 
uh when when the review bombing happened with last of us part two was like on the same it was i think it was on like the friday morning when i woke up uh all the reviews had kind of come out for the game and it was like okay you people clearly haven't finished this game because it hasn't even been out long enough um i i think i think it's i i mean it's going to defeat its own purpose in a way because you still could review bomb the game in the same way you just have to wait longer to do it like let's say a game comes out on friday and instead of posting the user review on a friday and you have to wait till like monday or sunday all the all the people will do that are on the hate train for the game is they'll save their reviews and then one once that 36 hours or however looks however long it's supposed to be is is done they'll just do the same thing again i think at least uh, i might be wrong about that but uh, what do you think robert well, I care nothing for those reviews anyway. Most oh, of it is too. complete yeah. and, and to, complete and total bullshit. Um, and you, I've 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 been out on like the review sites for a while, um, just because the people that are professional reviewers and you can't see the absolute disgust on my face when I make those air quotes to say professional viewers, reviewers are just shills. Uh, and perfect example of this is um, when you you. I don't get the emails in advance. So I don't have websites pulled up, but I remember some things. Uh, the comic, Dave Chappelle, uh, a couple of years ago, did a uh, Netflix special called Sticks and Stones. Uh, right now, his professional review on uh, Rotten Tomatoes, which is an, a review site for mostly uh, you know TV shows, stuff like that, is at a 35% rating. The audience review score is at a 99%. Um, and that's... That's been the case with several, several things. And several times, uh, websites like that will shut down reviews uh, when they get a result they don't like. Um, very famously, they uh, shut down the reviews for Captain Marvel because it was an okay movie. I personally didn't like it a whole lot, um, but it was getting bad reviews on the site, and they uh, canceled it. They just shut off all reviews completely whatsoever. Um, and... There's been several things like that, so um, I just don't care. I, I, they mean nothing to me. Mm. Like if I know a yeah. person, if I know somebody personally, and they give something a review, I'll consider it because I know them. But I've seen stuff that's been like really, really bad, and get like crazy good reviews. Um, like I'm on uh, the Rotten Tomato site right now, just looking up some random stuff. The terrible. 21 Jump Street with uh, Jonah Hill and uh, Chad, uh, Channing Ch- Tatum. Channing Tatum, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they gave that an 84%. That movie was god-awful. <laughs> um, but yeah, just pulling up some some random stuff uh, that I've personally seen, um, and the reviews just make no sense. So mm-hmm. I, I care nothing for reviews. Um, unless, like I said, unless it's somebody that I personally know and they gave a review, um, like me, (laughs) yeah, like you, like there's like some podcasters that are based here in Indianapolis where I live. Um, they've done reviews on some stuff and I'll take it with a grain of salt, but I will know at least, uh, what it is. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, I mean, that's one of the reasons I did the, you know, skip, don't skip. It gives you an upfront general consensus. Uh, kind of thing of like because m- most of the time like you, you go to talk about something and it's a simple question of like okay did you like it didn't you sometimes you can be kind of in the middle way like okay yeah you you liked it maybe overall but um th- there's al- there's always a kind of yes or yes or no answer uh in that sort of way and there's 
different answers to that on different scales because even when because even like with with a perfect example yesterday's two reviews uh, I gave them both don't skips uh, the um, stateless and cursed I think cursed is a good show that's worth watching whereas with stateless I think it's an unmissable like incredible TV show so with both of them I have said yes I do like them but one I like a lot more than the other but I still like both of the shows so that's a kind of way of like Okay, you you give an overall yes and overall okay, this is good, but one of them's a lot better than the other one. They're obviously different genres entirely and all that sort of thing, but you you get what I mean with that. Um, whereas if mm-hmm. I do the the skip thing, it's kind of like okay, I wouldn't recommend it, and then sometimes it's like okay, I wouldn't recommend it. This is terrible, avoid it or whatever. And then other times it's like okay, skip this. It's like not great kind of thing. So it's it, it you know there's there's different scales of stuff so uh, that's that's just how I do my kind of thing so I I still do give sometimes like scores just an overall kind of you know is it an eight is it a nine is it a seven or a seven point five that sort of thing so um, but yeah it, it, with this re- user of review score thing even if it's like two weeks or something people are just gonna wait by their keyboards wait for that clock to go down to zero and then just post the bad review anyway so I I I. Uh, appreciate the reaction that Metacritic have kind of done um like you said at the end of the day if someone gives something a zero or a 10 but then you liked it in a different in a different way or you liked it less it's just opinion at the end of the day so um there you go yeah and uh, like I said the the other time this goes both ways and we talked about that like like two weeks before uh, Last of Us 2 came out it had almost a thousand five-star reviews on uh, Sony's website Yo, which obviously the games weren't even out yet. Yeah. yeah, they weren't even out for reviews. So those, you know, review bombing goes both ways. So yeah, yeah, it certainly does. Um, so there you go. I mean, I, I've I've started to see a good and a, a more equal amount of people that hate Last of Us Two. Some people that really love it. Some people that like it but have got problems. And at the end of the day, it's 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 okay to feel that way. Uh, what it's not okay to do is send completely, um, you know bad hate to the people that made it and call them certain things that you don't, they don't deserve to hear and blaming what they did as a fictional character in a game that's also not okay because they didn't do that thing the character that they played did that thing but that's that's been a problem for decades even before my time so yeah. um there you go but uh that's everything that we've got for you on the show this week uh thank you all very much for listening you can find everything that we've got on entertainmenttalk.org, classic reviews, uh, some season reviews. I'm going to be, just for um, updates, I suppose, uh, Umbrella Academy is coming out, I think, next, uh, 31st of July, whenever that is. I think that's next Friday. Uh, yeah, because it'll be the 24th tomorrow. Uh, I'm planning on reviewing that. I did review the first season of Umbrella Academy. Uh, Good Girl Season 3 comes out on Sunday on Netflix in the UK. I'll be doing a season review for that. Hannah Season 2 is out. Uh, I haven't started it yet, but that'll be another one. So those will be the next couple of uh, TV reviews. Uh, in terms of game reviews, Last of Us 2 review's been out there for a little bit. You can still go and listen to it. Thank you to everybody who has. Uh, and once I finish Ghost of Tsushima, I'll be doing a review for that as well. So have a look out for all of that. On entertainmenttalk.org, if you'd like to support the podcast and support Entertainment Talk, we are on Patreon. You can have a look at the $1 and $3 level tiers for review options, instant podcast options, and ad-free, pod- sorry, ad-free podcast, instant podcast, and review options as well. So have a look out on those. 
Uh, Amazon affiliate link. If you're buying stuff on Amazon, we can get a small cut of what you spend. It won't cost you extra. iTunes feeds, please rate, review, and subscribe to those. Just search for Entertainment Talk. You can also search for Geek Town on iTunes. That will get you the Geek Town Radio episodes. That's hosted by David on geektown.co.uk and uh, Geek Town Radio for Tuesdays. So you can find that either on iTunes or on geektown.co.uk. That's for your up-to-date and reliable TV and film news. Uh, Bex is streaming quite often daily at the moment. She's doing some video game stuff, some geeky chatter stuff and all that. Uh, you can find her on Twitch. Uh, Trista Bytes, that's tr- Trista and then B-Y-T-E-S. Have a look out for that. Um, Barry recently started a horror podcast over on Talk and Stalk. Uh, sorry, Stalk and Talk. is either Talk and Stalk or, or Stalk and Talk. Uh, search for that on uh, YouTube for the horror podcast. On the, I think it's Talk and Stalk. Um... Yeah, on uh, YouTube for that. So have a look out for those. Subscribe to him on there. He's doing very well so far at the moment. So uh, that's really good. I think that's everyone's stuff. Um, of course, word of mouth. If you want to tell people that you know about the website and your iTunes feed and everybody else's content, that will be really helpful. Social media, Facebook and Twitter. And if you can, in, in different Facebook groups. I am streaming at the moment, uh, alternating between Last of Us Part 2 and Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, so you can have a look out for those. Uh, Let's Play Sundays is on a bit of a hiatus at the moment. But there is 50 episodes that you can go and watch. So no shortage of that. So have a look out for all of that. On uh, Yeah, have a look out for all that stuff. Thank you very much for listening. And we will see you next time. Goodbye. <laughs>